Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 12, Episode 15. I'm ASD. I'm Jack. And I'm Rob. Rob, back. Second ball, second goal. Patrick Ball next week. Uh, it's great <laughs> to have you back, mate. Uh, we were quite spirited before Brentford and then Brentford happened and now Aston Villa's happened a few hours ago We're, and tell you what it reminded me of is it finished um the World Cup football football won in the World Cup right and then we came back and Spurs hadn't changed it reminded me how much I hated football at times and it's just dreadful Rob you you were there you just basically come back from the game how was it it was pretty awful to be honest uh ASD it was um quite angry in there as well. I heard a lot of people beforehand in the bar, they were talking about, we've got to get behind the team today, especially when you saw the team sheet that came out with six defenders on the bench. And, you know, there was a, a, a lot of people talking about, we've got to get behind the team. But by about 35, 40 minutes in, there was a lot of singing about Levy. Um, and for the first time today, really properly, a lot of people were having a pop at Conti as well for his selection and, and the negativity. So, yeah, it wasn't great pretty rough isn't it I mean do you think it's just defensive problems that we've got or is it an all is it a Conte thing I mean Jack do you think it's a is it our defense that's the problem is it Conte what what is going on and there's, what can we say now that we haven't said before there's quite a few problems I think I sympathize with Conte in terms of players he can select because if you look at the injuries we've got and you I mean our bench today was alarmingly bad it is back to the Josh Onoma days really today when you look to that bench so I think if we'd have all been given the match day squad we probably all would have had at least nine or ten out of the eleven that Conte selected we would have picked ourselves his, his hands were sort of tied with that but having said that we've seen this group of players play on the front foot and be able to attack the best teams in the league right we've done it and I know we miss Benton and miss Kulusevski and they are big players for us but this group of players can cause opposition teams problems. So my biggest issue with what I've seen for most of this season has just been our, our, our approaching games. We're a back five every single game, which straight away is an issue. We leave Kane up top isolated and and we Sun is just not in games at all anymore. And we've got, you know, two of the best attacking players. Well, they're the best partnership, aren't they, in Premier League history, stats wise. And um, we just don't see them linking up. I think during the game today, Kane hadn't touched the ball until the 18th minute today, which is, you know, it's very telling about how you're approaching a game of football. Um, so I'm I'm split between is it the manager and is he setting us up to play like that? Could be. But the players have got to take a lot of responsibilities themselves because no matter how you set up tactically, what you've worked on the training round all week, only the individual player can bring intensity to their game. And we're not an intense team with or without the ball, um, unfortunately. And that's a real recipe for disaster because it means you don't attack with pace and you're quite passive when you defend. And if you look at the goals we conceded today, it's the most passive defending you're going to see. There's no hunger to get to the ball. I mean, yeah, there's individual mistakes, but there's just none. There's there's no aggression in the side. Um, so I do think it it's a combination of Conte and the players. But you look at Conte on the on the touchline that's not that where's his intensity gone you know like he's normally kicking every ball screaming for every challenge you know he's like he's on the pitch and he's just sort of 
there was a bit of a Nuno vibe about him with the game today. Remember that last game Nuno had where he just sort of stood there and it was quite clear that he knew his days were numbered. I just sort of got that kind of vibe from Conte today. So I think, look, we've not got a fantastic squad as we know, but it's not a horrendous squad. You know, like that team today is still good enough to go out and beat Aston Villa at home if you approach the game properly. Um, And we just haven't been doing that. And I I don't know what the solution is, but we haven't played well for the first 45 minutes in a game for such all season. And where does that come from? Like, I don't like, I don't know. I just think about me as a player, my intensity is down to myself when I step on the pitch. It's not, you know, no one else is going to have an influence on that. And if the players could do that a little bit more, would that make it? I don't know. It's a real head scratcher at the moment about where I don't think it's super clear to me that the issue is in one place, which is maybe more worrying than ever. There's absolutely no pressing in their in their game at all. No. Up, you know, in in the final third of the, of the, there was one moment today where they uh, it was in the first half, about halfway through the first half, where they really hunted the ball down in packs uh, and and were really pressing. And you thought, oh, okay, great. And then they just stopped. They just stopped and went back to being really passive. And they they seem to only press when after they've scored, which seems completely upside down to me. Surely you press before you've scored to set the tempo of the game and to really and to really get after the game. So I, I agree, Jack, completely. They're also really one-dimensional as well, the way that they attack. So if you look at they're the they're, they they rank number one in the league for crosses, right? If you look at their stats in the league, they rank number one in the league for crosses. But if you look at where all those crosses come from, they're they're all Perisic, all of them. He's the number one in the league for crosses. We haven't got another player in the top ten, I don't think. So nullified Perisic, nullified crosses, you know, you've kind of got them sorted, haven't you? And I think teams just know now that they've, they've, they've just got to sit in, dig in, sit deep. We haven't got any creativity in the team at all um, other than Sun to be able to unlock anything and unpick anything. Um, and it's, it, I didn't think Villa had to try that hard today. No. I thought they were just well-organised and they sat, yeah, they sat deep, but why should they make it easy? Um, and I, I didn't think they were hanging on. I, I thought they, I thought they played us really well today. I think we're quite easy to play against. Like if you look at all of the other sides in the top ten of the Premier League, I think, I mean, none of us are football experts, but I feel like we would have an idea about okay, if you're playing Spurs, this is actually how you set up to really restrict them doing anything. Because I think about the other sides that are up the, you know, in the European spots in the league, like. They've got, a, they've got a couple of options. They've got a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. They're quite dynamic in how they can attack. They can score different types of goals. But if you think back to like what's what's a Spurs goal under Conte, it is ball into Perisic, get it wide, get it in the box. And we don't really score any different types of goals than that, which makes us quite predictable, which is, it, it is a worry. And you can be predictable if you're rock solid at the back. And we're just not that. You know, if you think back to Jose Mourinho's early Chelsea days, they were very predictable how they played, but they didn't give you a sniff. And you only had to make one mistake and bang, you were a goal down. And you think, well, how do we break this down? But we're not that kind of side. You know, we, we never look like we're going to be able to keep a clean sheet, which is like, it's the fundamentals of a game of football at any level, really. Like, be solid and compact to start with. And the more, it seems like the more defenders we play, the worse we get defensively, which is just absolutely baffling. Yeah, because the art of good defending isn't just having 10 defenders on the pitch, right? It, it, 
this is making me think back to that Pochettino, the house thing. I've got the quote in front of me. You know, when you talk about Tottenham, everyone says you have an amazing house, but you need to put in the furniture. If you want to have a lovely house, maybe you need better furniture. And it depends on your budget if you're going to spend a lot of money, which is we still haven't fixed that. And Conte in his press conference has said to become title contenders, you need a solid foundation, 14 to 15 strong quality players and the young players to develop. And then every season you had two players, but two players that cost 60 or 70 million to improve the level of your team. When we're miles away from that. Like well, look, if you at what have, Liverpool are, look at what Liverpool are doing. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Sorry, just go yeah, in, sorry. Get Gakpo done, right? They just bring in Virgil van Dijk because they don't have to spend their 70 million on three players. They just spend it on one player just to get, get rid of the old players. Like they'll probably have to um, replace Henderson, which means they'll probably just go and blow 140 million on Declan Rice and he'll be the heart of that midfield. For the next 10 years and we, I mean you have a look at this defence with Doherty, Romero, Longley, Davis, Perisic. Perisic is 34 and he shouldn't be playing every single game. The only one who should be there full-time is Romero. I'm even putting Larissa in there shouldn't be there full-time and then you go you have a look at this bench like this bench is Skip, Sanchez, Royal, Dyer, Sessegnon, Forster, Spence, Tanganga, Saar. None of them should be starting and I know they're not starting but they're, they're it feels like I wouldn't take any of them. You have a look at Villa's bench and they had uh, Martinez, Matty Cash, Danny Ings, Callum Chambers, Coutinho, who all can come off and create something. We would kill for Coutinho or Danny Ings right now. And I know we've got... The, you look at the bench, ISD, and you just think, how many of them players can come on to change the game? None of them. You know, if it's not going your way, none. So really, we're, so, we're completely relying on not conceding a goal and hoping that Normally, you've got Kulusevsky that can create something, but today, hoping that Kane or Son can score a goal out of nothing and you can maybe just hold on to that. And it's, it's, massive, like it's such a dangerous way of playing. There's a massive number 10 shaped hole, isn't there? Really? I, will, I don't know if it's a number 10 shaped hole because in the, in the system that he plays, you know, if you were to go and buy a James Madison... Where, you know, did, where does he play in the side? Do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily we need that number ten. We just need the in in the in the five at the back system. Your wing backs are so important. Again, think back to the the Potts days. When we play, we played a back three for, for a couple of seasons. Where we had Walker and Rose, you know, and we had two fantastic Chelsea do it when they're fully fit. They have got James and Chilwell. We you know, like when you play that system, you have to have really really good wing backs because that's the point of playing that system. And you look at ours today, I really like Perisic. I think he's a great player, but like I say, he's 34. You know, he's not, he can't make the recovery runs of a 25-year-old. And on the other side, you've got Doherty. It's like, you're not going to get much output really from them. Um, so playing that system, I think the qu- the question is more around, for me, the, the formation that we play. And I've, I've never really been a big fan of three at the back no. anyway, but um, he won't deviate from that. So it's like, if you're not going to deviate, we're not going to go and spend big in January he needs to figure out a solution of how can he get more out of those players, which is maybe a bit of a side point that might be worth us talking about. Is like how many of those players since he's come in have got better? None of them. I, I can't. I can't. Hoiberg. Hoiberg. I think Hoiberg's got better, um, but other than that, I can't mm. think of of any that have got better. But it's also like, what are they going to do? Like it, it feels confusing there. To me at the moment so are they gonna do they need to go and spend i don't know 200 million 300 what, like are they even ever going to spend that probably not but 
do they, are they going to go and buy experienced players, 28, 29, 30, that have been around that solid foundation he was talking about in his press conference today, 14, 15 experienced, solid players? Or are they going to go and do spend that money on young players, 20, 21 years of age, that are going to take a couple of years and maybe they'll be a little bit higher intensity? And if they are going to do that, is is Conti the manager that they would give those players to. So you got spent like the spent situation is a classic example. Two two nil down today, turgid. Can't get anywhere like not one dimensional, one tempo. You got a lad there, he's what is he, twenty or whatever he is, twenty one. He's got terrific pace. He's completely untested. Like put him on. Put him on. And he put he brought Royale on on seven with seven fifteen minutes to go. Like why so if, if you are going to go and buy young players that he was talking about today and develop them and begin a project, three seasons, four seasons, I hate to say it, like what's happened down the other end of the Seven Sisters Road, you wouldn't give it to him, would you? He's not he's not the man for that. He doesn't want that. He's not interested in those players. He's got them in the squad. He's not picking them. It was unacceptable we had six defenders on the bench today. We've got young lads in the academy that, Okay, if everyone's fit, wouldn't get on the bench. Why wasn't Divine on the bench today? Uh, why is he why why is he picking six defenders on the bench? So it just feels to me at the moment like the left hand and the right hand isn't talking to each other at all. The, the, uh, you know, he's he's got four months left on his contract. He's got he's got a, a relatively experienced squad now with Kane, Son, Hoiberg, Luis, Dyer. You know, it feels like what they should do if you're a fan is you've got Romero there, 24, is he? Benton Kerr, 24. Like, build the team around those players. Romero was good today, really good today. Build build the team. Go and invest in a new team. Build it around those players. And let's, you know, take it on for two or three years. But are they really going to do that? It feels to me like they're an events business, Tottenham now. They're an events they're an events and entertainment business that also own a football team. I think they've got to decide what they want to be. I just also think with the situation of Conte, he's got half a season left. Are you going to give 100, 150 million to a manager that might not be there? Like, you know, logic says, well, of course you're not going to do that because Conte wants a specific type of player. And if he then goes, you've got a new manager that will then come in that be like, well, actually, I don't want this type of player. And then you've got to, do, you, you've got to go again. And you just it doesn't feel like that's a smart move to me. I mean, Jackie, his mannerisms that you talked about on a touchline, I completely agree with you. And the way yeah. that they're playing, it's hard to it's hard to draw any other conclusion than he is leaving at the end of the season, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'd, be to me like I'd be shocked if he stayed. I really, yeah. I've, I've never felt like he's really wanted us from minute one anyway it's just sort of been like okay there's that's probably the best available job at the moment and he has done a good job it's the dream job isn't it because you can't fail because they've been Spurs have been failing well not failing been failing to achieve for a while so if he continues that makes it look a bit better then that's a win if he doesn't achieve it it's not a problem if then if he achieves it he looks like he's overachieved the two things i would say he's got injuries like so imagine we had son Kulisevsky, Kane and Richarlison. So you could play Kane behind Richarlison with Son and Kulisevsky out wide. That immediately sounds much, much better. He won't do it better. though, really. He won't. Maybe. He, won't, he, won't he won't hasn't had the it. chance. He hasn't had the chance though. I'm just saying he hasn't had the chance. And maybe he goes back to my favourite, the 4 one But I don't know. I, and then the other one is, he's not really in charge of transfers, is he? Because he didn't want DJ Spence and he didn't want 
Sar, but he was bought for him. And so that, that is a saving grace where he might they might spend 150 million in the January. They're not, but they might spend decent money on someone. So they're bringing in this Poro, aren't they? It looks like they, they're going after this Poro yeah. and a few other people. Um, and that's going to be a, a Paratici thing rather than a, a Conte thing. So that that's building the club rather than the, the manager's vision, whether that's a good thing or not. That's that's my two saving grace points. Um, yeah, and it, again, if we think about the job that Conte's done, getting us fourth at the end of last season was fantastic and all of that. But I do think that the weight of expectation on the team this year has just been, we scraped fourth last year, absolutely scraped it. Like, what makes people think we're going to do anything more than that, which was our absolute maximum last season again? And actually, where we are in the league is probably where... I think most level-headed Spurs fans would expect us to be around fifth, six. Maybe you might have done a little bit better and be, you know, a bit more comfortable in the top four. I don't know, but I'm just, it feels, well, without being too negative, it feels quite soulless and lifeless Spurs at the minute. It has yeah. done for a few years. And I just, however we get that back, that's the that's what I want more than anything now. I was, I'll hold my hands up. I was willing to absolutely sell my soul when we got Mourinho and, you know, watch dreadful football and have all of these antics, not if it meant that we'd have some success. But I think now, look at how good City are. I know Liverpool have had a bit of a dip, but like they're a brilliant side. Arsenal are improving. Chelsea and United will always be like, it's so difficult to win anything, um, even if you've got a fantastic team, that I just want to have the feel-good factor back more than anything. That's the, I think that's the thing that I miss the most about Spurs now. Well, the problem is we've got Palace away on Wednesday. Tough game. We've got Portsmouth, who are just, well, we can ignore that. We've got Portsmouth in the cup, but then we've got Arsenal, City, Fulham, but then City, Leicester, Milan, West Ham, Chelsea, Wolves, Milan, Forest. All awful games for us. We could be 10. We could be 10. And that's the thing about the Premier League table is you go, oh, you know, we might be fifth. The problem is Liverpool are behind, we're, uh, behind us, and so are Chelsea. We could legitimately be seventh and have no complaints based on our performances. And the just, other thing is that other lot are still playing so well there's a little bit I'll, of pressure isn't I'll, I'll be honest I didn't know the fixtures were as bad as that um I'll be surprised if at the end of that run of fixtures he's still there honestly yeah I was gonna I was honestly gonna say that like he's got four months left is he is he going to be given the opportunity to see that out like, you listen to those anybody. you listen to those fixtures if they play like if they play today if they play like they play today in those fixtures and they're not going to get a sniff out of Arsenal Chelsea City They'll be lucky to beat Portsmouth. That Arsenal game terrifies me. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, they get, Absolutely they get terrifies me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd feel better if we were playing them away because it's like we lose their away every year anyway. But, like, the thought of them coming to our place and stuffing us. That hasn't like, happened for a long time, has it? No. But that, that absolutely terrifies me. Um, I just think the the feel-good factor... You know, like you say, we've had six, seven weeks off. We all come back in, you know, Brentford... We've done well to dig a draw out of Brentford. Brentford aren't a bad side, especially at home. Um, but it's just, compl- like you say, it's compl- that feeling's just gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm back to, like, I'm just really counting the weeks down to the end of the season and hoping that, you know, you have a good summer window and you can go again. It's like, it's the second game back after a World Cup. Like, you know, we should be excited and, you know, feeling good about Spurs being back. But when you see the types of performances and, that they're putting in it's difficult I think the biggest thing for me is the intensity from from absolutely everybody is just gone 
completely shot to pieces. And if you're not intense in any aspect of a football game, you, you're going to find it difficult to win. So who are we replacing him with? That's the problem, right? Well, the, there's, there's the Pochettino thing. The Pochettino is the obvious candidate, mm-hmm. right? Isn't isn't he? Like, if we're being yeah. honest, like you'd be mad to not have a conversation with him. I love Pochettino. I've said all along, I don't know if that is my head or my heart talking. Like, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I couldn't tell you um, about bringing him back. Um, there's not a great deal of other managers out there, like especially free agents, anyway. Thomas, I think a lot of it depends. Sorry, Ace, mate. No, no, go on, mate. I think a lot of it depends about the board, doesn't it? It's the Mourinho appointment, the Conte appointment. That's that's about squeezing more lemon juice out, out of the lemons. That's what that's about. So if the board think, okay, we need to completely rebuild the squad. We've got underperforming players, not good enough. We're going to take the hit on the players, take them out, do, you know, the, the, the Deli Alley move times eight or nine for some of those players and go and rebuild with new players. Then you go and find a young, you know, I don't know who it would be. They'd probably go overseas, but, you know, Potter, Howe, people like that, whoever, someone like that, and you go and you go and put them into the team. But if they're not going to do that, if they think, no, no, we've invested 200 million quid over the last two seasons in this squad, we've got to squeeze more out of the squad. It's underperforming. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they went and got someone like Tuchel to go in there and continue to take take the life out, out of the team to squeeze the squad. I really would. Got, if we've got another ex-Chelsea manager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't want I, I, I don't want Tuchel. I, I, I completely agree. I completely that's, agree with that's you. That's the sort of thing that they'll do. They'll be like, we they spend their money on the manager to squeeze the life out of the squad because they believe the squad has been invested in already. And that's the that I I can. Can I see them doing that? Yeah, I can. That's probably more realistic than them going down the route of a complete rebuild you know, take our time and invest significant funds over the next three or four windows. Fans be patient. Like, they're probably just not going to do that. They've got the, they also have the pressure of really needing the club to be in the Champions League and at worst case, the Europa League. And us falling out of Europe altogether would be absolute disaster or even worse in the Conference League. But as a minimum, they need us to be in the Europa League. So they've got that pressure as well of like how patient are they willing to be with a rebuild? I'm just, we're in a really, it's a really, really awkward, difficult position to be. We've been like this for years now, really. Three or four seasons. Three or four seasons. Since since before Poch was sacked, since he started that two points, nine games or whatever it was. Um, Chris said Thomas Frank. Frank Yeah, I like Thomas Frank. I like Thomas Frank. He's very, very good, but that would be a massive risk. You know, wouldn't it? He's never managed at a, He's never had the pressure, the expectations, dealing with, you know, like real elite players. He, he, he might be absolutely incredible at it. He might completely fold. So uh, that's a risk. But what the job he's done at Brentford's fantastic. Um, mm. And they're a spirited side. And again, that, maybe that's why Chris is suggesting someone like him, because you're seeing with him and the fans and Brentford what we once had and what actually we all want back. is that feeling, that togetherness, you know, and he, he's really done well at Brentford with that. Um, but it'd be a risk bringing a manager like that in. Do I was just thinking, just that I can't think of any like really enjoyable goals that we've scored. We beat Leicester six two, didn't we? Was that 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 game? Yeah. And Sonny scored two yeah. great goals. 
Yeah. Apart yeah. from that, like we haven't scored. I don't feel like we scored any. I can't remember any Champions League goals apart from Hoiberg's um, Owen Longley in that away game to uh, Lyon. No, not Lyon. Was that my thinking for Lyon? Marseille. Marseille. That's it. Marseille. I just don't have that, like the memory. Like if you if you take me to the Redknapp, the Pochettino, the Yol, that's it. Gave me a game. I could tell you the goal. That's it's it. Like in this period, I'm just like. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if, like, my subconscious is like, I'm just going to block all that out for you because you're not really missing much. But it's just not, I don't know what it is. Not much fun. Uh, we've got Palace then <laughs> on Wednesday. Uh, it's probably your alcohol, isn't it? it? We've got Palace on Wednesday. Um, what what do you want to happen? Well, if you could, if you could give the pre-game team talk, what would you be saying to them? Against Palace? Yeah. We're away, that eagle's flying around the stadium. It's it's noisy. It's I mean, dark. This, is a, this is a family friendly podcast, so um, I won't go full John Sitton on uh, on what the <laughs> what the uh, what the what the um, message should be. I just think like it's a bit of like personal pride more than anything else. Like just strip it right back for that game and just be like, right, Hoybier, you're up against whoever it is in midfield, Will Hughes, whatever. Right, yeah. go, go and get the better of him. Do you know what I mean? Just go man for man. That's your shirt that you're playing up against. Beat him on 50-50, just compete with him, and then the quality will shine through. Because we just we don't do that in games. Like we just we feel a bit sort of I'd feel quite confident going out and playing against Spurs. Do you know what I mean at the minute? Where it's like, I feel like you could get under their skin, you can get at them. Like, let's have that nasty side to us, you know, let's get stuck in, you know, do the things that the supporters really want to see, and then you can you can feed off of that. Um I'd chuck Ollie Skip in the side as well, because he loves a he, lo- he loves oh, to get stuck in. Basuma's suspended, so it's going to have to be him. Or Sarah, yeah, he was he, he was terrible today, Basuma. I mean, a couple of nice little dribbles, but just gave the ball. It was a fault for the second goal. Gave the ball away so many times. This hasn't landed at all, has he, since he oh, arrived. Oh, yeah. Hasn't landed, hasn't got the intensity, doesn't look like a Champions League player. Um, I would, I agree, Jack. I would also be saying, like, you're, are you a Champions League team, you know, or are you, are you going to play at Palace next year? Um, we have to, so Rob, uh, Jack hates goalkeepers. I don't know what it is. There's a thing about goalkeepers. So we, we need to talk about Hugo because. Not again. Just, I've lost it now with him before. I was just always, he's a top three keeper in the league, but now he just, he just, he's so mistake um, heavy. And like, he made mistakes in the World Cup final. He made mistakes in the World Cup final last time, but they got away with it because he, um, um, they won the World Cup. We've made five errors that lead to goals in the Premier League, which is two more than any other team. And three of those have been Hugo. If we've made two more than any other team, it means Hugo has made the same mistake as the second, the team in second as well. So we need a keeper, right? It's, it's we, a need bit a keeper sad, for, we needed a keeper for a couple of seasons, if we're being completely honest when you're talking about the an elite keeper. But the challenge we've got with it now is... If you, we could probably all name who are the top five, six keepers in the world, and we probably all have pretty much the same names. Now the problem is, are those goalkeepers gettable? Probably not. That that's the issue we've got. So so what do you do? Do you stick with do you stick with him with what you've got, knowing that there's these these errors that are that he's very very prone to making fairly regularly now? 
do you try and go down the route of do we just get someone to maybe tie us over for a couple of seasons? Do you go for a young keeper? But someone like Jan Oblak at Atletico, you're just not going to get a goalkeeper like that. You're not going to get an Alison Edison because we're, we're not a side that's challenging for titles. So we're in a really sticky situation with the goalkeeping position now as well that it needs an upgrade. It's needed an upgrade for a while. But who can we get? They've also not done it properly, have they? So if they could have gone out, I mean, presumably all this money that they're invested in their scouting, these new these new people that have joined the scouting network, they've revolutionised the scouting network. You'd like to think, and presumably they're out scouring Europe, South America, whatever, looking for the next, you know, the next Hugo Lloris. So I, I think Hugo's probably been one of our better keepers, but we should have, if not our best keeper, but we should have changed him two seasons ago. But now what they're going to do is instead of getting a young keeper and blooding that keeper through the season. So, you know, he plays maybe 10 games this season. Hugo doesn't play and they rotate him in, get him used to the Premier League. They're probably going to get to the end of this season, go buy a young keeper and just throw him in. So they have, they, you know, the, I, they, they, they're either going to go and buy like an Emilio Martinez or some someone like that just because he won the World Cup, who I don't think is a particularly great keeper, to be honest. Um or they're they're going to go and get a young goalkeeper from somewhere and try and make him try and make him stick. But he's got no competition. There's no. This is one of the problems in the squad generally. There's no competition for places. Is there? Forster played against Brentford. I mean, he looked he, he looked like a duck out of water, didn't he? He, he could. I mean, his, his kicking was terrible. He was off balance for off balance for the goal. They've just not got any competition for places, and they haven't. They haven't bloodied a new goalkeeper. They've had all these years to do it, and they and they haven't done it. So I wouldn't be surprised. Hugo does another. I mean, is his contract up this year? Or has he got another two next, years? To, next year, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I bet. He, I bet he goes again next yeah, season. I agree. And it, the only other, the only type of goalkeeper that I could maybe see them going for, but it would is is not an elite keeper. It'd cost a lot of money. Someone like Jordan Pickford. That strikes me as a real Spurs kind of signing that you yeah, go and yeah. drop. 40-odd million on him and it's like, and he's okay. That's exactly you know? what's going to happen. You know, I and then we, that... end up, we end up having this conversation for the next three or four years, like, oh, we need to keep it, but we'll, we spent all that money on him. And, you know, it's the, it's the merry-go-round of transfers that we seem to have. The problem is we've done that too much now, haven't we? That that Pochettino Champions League team was actually really good, wasn't it? Where we had yeah. you know, Toby and Jan at the back. Haven't really replaced them. We've got Romero. You had Kane. You had Ericsson. We haven't replaced Ericsson. All of the little bits haven't really been replaced. I really like that um, the Croatian keeper. I thought he's really good, Livakovic. Yeah, um, big as well, isn't he? Big. I think he's 26, 27. I think he plays for who's he played for Zagreb still. So I think he, that seems achievable. I had big hopes for Gazaniga, but it didn't work out, did it? I'm just looking at him. he's a, he's a Girona on loan from Fulham, so something's not not going well there. There was definitely something. There was something there. Non like non footballing about the reasons why he's because like. He was never the level of Lloris. I'm, I'm not. I've never been Lloris's biggest fan in terms of being an elite keeper, but he's definitely the best goalkeeper I've seen at Spurs for sure. I remember Gaznia coming in during that period. He was injured and he did he did really well. And it was like we seem to have like a good backup keeper here. There were some crazy people that were calling for him to start over Lloris when he came back, which was mad. But um, he was like he seemed like a good solid backup goalie. And then from out of nowhere, it was like gone. And then yeah. he's gone to Fulham and it's not worked there. And uh, there seems to be, there's something not right about that. All right, and what are the positives yeah. we've got? There were we'll green shoots today. I was just about to say that. Romero was a green shoot today. 
He played. He's. They've got two or three players in that squad, haven't they? Kulisewski, Romero, Benton Kerr. That actually, you should. They should be really thinking about how do they like wrap those wrap those guys up on really solid contracts and build the next five seasons around yeah. around them. You yeah. know, like Romero was fantastic today. He was. A, he looked a, like he was different. I know he got booked early on, but he then handled himself really well through the rest of the game. And you can just see it in him. He said he's a different quality to anybody else that we got playing in the back. Kulaseski the same. Benton Kerr the same. They're on another level to the rest of those lads, and they're going to end up losing them unless they're careful. We what we do have yeah. two, and I know Hoybier still, you know, has got his doubts. I think we've got two really good central midfielders with him and Benton Kerr. I think yeah. that's real stable, solid. You know, very rarely. Um, do they play poorly? I know Ben has got an injury at the minute, but like most of the time they're fit. They play 90 minutes every week. Like I think we've got a good partnership in there. We can build a little bit more around, but Romero's fantastic. But, you know, you think about those three players and it comes back to what I was saying at the start. It's like they've all got intensity and aggression in everything they do with and without the ball. They, like, they'll do everything at absolute maximum. I love that about Romero. He's a front foot defender. So, I mean, he's, he, never, he never gets pinned. He's always like, how can I nick the ball before it goes into the centre forward's feet? If I need to leave one on someone, or if I need to be nasty, I will. Like, they're the type of characters that you want in the side. And you look round at a lot of them and it's just a bit mm, it's a bit timid and a bit, you know. Yeah, I agree. And this goes back to the keeper point, doesn't it? I mean, I don't like my goalkeeper being my captain, period. Like, the, you know, my goalkeeper, my, my captain needs to be in the centre of the pitch. Why? Like, just, if you want to, want to make a statement of intent make Hoiberg or make Romero for next season the captain for games like get them in the pit get that intensity into the rest of the players don't give the armband to Kane when Luis isn't playing give it to Hoiberg give it to Romero and go like transfer that energy into the rest of the team demand it of the rest of the team a little bit more old school around that stuff there's just no tempo in that team and no one is driving that team as well, you know. So that's what Pochettino, yeah. Pochettino's team had. They were just so energetic, you couldn't get away from them, and you just you knew what to expect from them, and you knew even if you lost, you knew they would have given everything. And yeah. when it was at its peak, that's what I missed. So but what's that's the what fans team? love. That's yeah, as yeah. a fan because you think if I was on that pitch, I would give everything. I'd be technically the worst player to ever play for the club, but I'd give absolutely everything. I'd die on the pitch. You know, and like when fans don't see that as the minimum, that's when we get really frustrated when you feel like they could be giving more. Very rarely do you see fans turning on players that like technically, you know, are making mistakes. It's always when there's not that there's not that perceived effort there. So yeah. why we, it's, why, it's why none of us took to Ndombele, because there was the perception that he didn't care and there was no effort. It's like technically it was incredible. It's like you very rarely get it the other way around. If you think back of, to players we've loved over the last... 10 years, you know, you think of Michael so Dawson, Scott Parker, you know, these kind of players, they're fantastic players, but they gave everything. So, like, you you feel like you can really relate to that kind of player. People gave a lot of love to Soldado when he did nothing, but he tried. He tried, and you could yeah. see how angry he was, how bad he was. And same with Pavlichenko. I remember him missing a penalty, and as soon as he missed, it was, you know, super, super bad. Yeah. And you just don't mm. see that. I think there's some players who've just been there too long and who aren't good enough to have been there that long. Like we've all worked in places where there've been people who've been there 20 years, and you're just a bit like you haven't got it. You need to challenge yourself a little bit. Yeah. He's right. got the Dyer was dropped today. Dyer got dropped today. I was pleased that Dyer got dropped today. They look better with. Leng- I mean, Lengley was all right today, but 
they look better without Dyer in the centre of the centre of the mid uh, centre of the defence today. You know, believe it or not. No, I just I I got um my toasty maker um is it's got removable plates and you can put waffle plates or this is going somewhere or you can put toasty sandwich maker <laughs> things in there and it the point is it does half the job it does two jobs half well and that's dire he's the toast he's my toasted sandwich maker like he it's not a brilliant waffle it's not a brilliant toasted sandwich but it's okay it's possible for both i want romero level central defender and benzico level defensive midfielder i don't want eric dyer anymore i'm done with him like he seems really nice but i just I, jack I breaks my jack. heart the eric guy honestly it breaks my because you know what i really like his character that that's yeah. what i've always liked about him and he in and he seems to be that guy on the pitch that will dig people out and is a bit more old school but um if you strip it back to what it is it's like is that the player that's good enough for us to be do you know what i mean a consistent champions league team is it probably not like if he's starting 30 if he 38 league games are you going to be up there probably not but I think I've again this is where my heart just comes into it with him. I just like his character. I like I like him. Um, but it's a position that massively needs an upgrade. But the the whole cent the centre half is such an issue. You know we've had yeah. Dyer, Davis, and Sanchez for what six seven seasons. Like none of them are horrendous players. But how many of the top five six teams over that period would have taken them? Probably none of them. You know, so they do sure. they do need to massively invest there. Longley, I think, has actually looked all right. I don't think he's amazing, but I think he's looked all right. And I agree, Rob, with what you said. He's looked he's looked at best when he's in the middle of that back three. When he's played left side, he you know, he he don't move all that well. But in the middle and he you know, I think I think he's been all right for us. But don't you think that's a bit of a, a get out clause for defenders? Because we used to be like David Luiz looks better in the middle of a three. Because basically you can it's it's quite a cushy role, isn't it? Because the the two to your left and your right do the hard work of the players coming in for the wide. You are backed up by the two behind you, and you are just in the middle. You take the ball forward and you pass it out. Actually, that that's damning with the faintest of praise, maybe. I think. I think L- Long has been one of those that we've just. He's on loan, isn't he? It's like yeah. he, he brought in for 12 months. Can he help plug a gap? Like that's yeah. that's what he is, and, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, they wanted the guy from Inter Milan, didn't they? But yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, and, and fair play. Like we didn't go out and buy someone. We didn't go out and buy someone stupid. We didn't go and buy um. Oh, what's the Romanian fella? Uh, you know the one I'm talking about. The one who was Kira drunk. Kirikes. We didn't go out and buy Kirikes. We got longer. <laughs> We got longer on them, which is great. Um, give me some positives. What, what have we got to look forward to? Some still, can't be this bad for this long. There are still a lot of games to be played. We're not even halfway through the season, so that means there are still so many more points for us to, you know, potentially win. So it's like, yeah, it's not been a great return, but we can't we can't play this poorly for the rest of the season, or can we? Who knows? You'd hope. You'd hope that we can't, and there's a lot of games still. And with Kane and Son and get Kulusevski back fit, that front three is as good a front three as anyone's got. So we've always got a chance in games when those three are on the pitch. That's as positive as I can get. Richarlison can be great, I think. I think he's a massive positive. If he's used properly. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he could be yeah. great. Um. Aria scored for Chelsea for uh, Forest against Chelsea. That was brilliant. I know it's great. It's, he he went nuts as well to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Francesco oh. Totti type celebration. Oh, I love it. Um, 
So, Jack, last week we played a game called uh, Play Bench Arrays, where I'm going to give you three players. Uh, and Rob's already played this exact game because I've got the same players, but we'll do it again because uh, I can't remember what you chose, Rob. Where it's basically Shag Mary Kill, but for footballers. Where I mean, you can do that as well if you want, but this is you, uh, you've got a generic game, you've got these players at their peak, you have to choose one to play in your first step, one to stick on the bench, and then you have to erase one from Spurs history. Okay. Right? From your mind. Erase uh, is an excellent uh, choice of word for this. It feels particularly harsh. That's the hardest bit, right? Okay, so I'm going to give you Defoe, Berbatov, and Keane. So play oh, one, bench one. That's horrible. So if, who are you going to raise? Jermaine Defoe, club legend. Berbatov. Oh, no, I've, got, I've got it. I'm going to, as much as this hurts me, I'm going to erase Robbie Keane. Although Robbie Keane's my favourite out of the three. I'm going to erase Robbie Keane. Uh, play Berbatov and bench Defoe. Yeah. Same, same for you, Rob. That's the exact... Robbie Keane's my favourite. Robbie Keane's one of my favourite ever players. I love Robbie Keane. Berbatov is so good though, wasn't he? Yeah. Defoe, 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 Defoe was just a goal, wasn't it? Goal machine. Yeah. I thought you were going to go. I'm shocked. I'm genuinely Jermaine, De, genuine, Jermaine Defoe genuinely is one of the most underrated strikers that's played in the Premier League. Like he was so good, people forget what a brilliant finisher he was. Yeah, that one, absolute just, assassin. Unbelievable. Thank. Was his debut goal against United that um, overhead kick? Was that his debut goal for us? I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a debut goal, but it was an absolute brilliant. Do you know what I loved about Defoe? He'd score goals like that. It's just his finishing with no backlift. It'd just be bang, bottom corner. Smack it. Yeah. It's so so clinical. Yeah. And he had a great career at Rangers. They loved him up there, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, right. Next one: Kane, Bale, Modric. That is horrible. Wait, Rob, um, I'm going to come to you first. Roger, thanks. I'm going to change my running. I did this last week, and then when I listened back to it, I thought, "Oh, I don't know why I did that." <laughs> I'm going to change. I'm going to change my running order, but it's it's also horrible for me. But I think, having seen all of them, I would have to play Modric. You're raising Bale or Kane from Spurs history. I just think Modric was on another level. He was better than Tottenham, wasn't he? Like <laughs> he was on an, he was on another level, and then I'd have to bench Bale because he would get because okay. he got he got you out of seat. Unlike almost other than other than Gascoigne, probably no one's ever got me out of my seat more than Bale, and so unfortunately Kane is uh, going to have to find somewhere else to play. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of players in this Conte squad that get me out of my seat as well, but that's just to leave the stadium, just to go <laughs> on. Um, I I I can't believe I say this. I would also erase Kane. Kane and Keane, mate. But but I'd start Bale and I'd bench Modric just because yeah. Bale could win you a game from out of nowhere. He just had that. You know. Did didn't he? That last season, that's all he did. One yeah. nils all over the place. That little that little three player question it exactly sums up Kane, I think, right? In that he is world class, Kane, absolute world class. He's just not quite as world class as Modric or Bale or players like that. You know what I mean? Which is mad because like he's like the best nine, best ten in the league apart from yeah, yeah, Bale. 
Bale was like, if Bale had the ball anywhere on the pitch, yeah. he could score. Yeah, like he he could go he could run the length of the pitch, beat four men and, and score. He could smash it in for forty yards. But he had such a range of goals yeah. that I've just never and the the pace as I think the pace of him was just you know we all remember the, the Mike on games you know it's just incredible. Well, it's the difference between Messi and Ronaldo, isn't it? But the difference between Messi and Ronaldo is we, we could have been Ronaldo if we tried hard enough. I'll tell could, myself that every day. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, yeah. but we couldn't have been messy. There was yeah. there's just yeah, some yeah. God given something. That was like, like like Modric as well. Once once in that red damp year when he not the year he came, the year after, once they realised they could pass to Modric when he had four players around him, and they yeah. therefore they just endlessly did it because he was that good. It didn't matter how many players he had around him. He just used to impact and transform games. And Bale and Modric impact and transform games. And Kane scores a lot of goals, but he also doesn't impact enough games sometimes. Mm. Ouch. I mean, what do I know? Well, but anyway. Uh, right, number three, Jack. Three centre-backs for you now. She's going to hurt you. So I've got yeah. Ledley, Toby, yeah. Romero. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess. I think I can guess what you're going to do. Ledley, Ledley starting. Absolutely yeah. no, no question whatsoever. Toby and Romero. Oh, that's tough. I, oh, I'm going to erase bench. Romero. Yeah. And I'm going to bench Toby. Purely, that's the only the only rationale is that Toby did it for a number of years and we haven't quite seen Romero. If Romero can do what he's doing over the course of the next two or three seasons, then there'd be more of an argument on that. But Led- Ledley's untouchable centre-back. I'll be the same. Led, I'd start Ledley, but I would I'd erase Toby. It's sacrilege, isn't it? I'd erase Toby because I think Romero's a better player after one and a half seasons and loads of injuries than Toby was in eight. Wow. I think I he's can see that good. He can go to Real Madrid, I think Romero could to replace a Ramos. He's got yeah. that Ramos vibe, you know, and I think he can be elite. I mean he's what a world I can't cup. Believe he's not been sent off yet. Yeah. For us. How has that not happened? He's saving it's it for the Arsenal game. His timing's so good, though. He's, that's why he's so good, isn't it? That he does. Yeah. He only got booked today because he scissored today. Yeah. If he hadn't had done it, he, he definitely he, he complained about it, but he did scissor him down. Whereas normally he doesn't do that. He gets his timing so good, yeah. and he get he gets the ball. But he's uh, he's. I agree with you. There's no. If they get another year out of him, they've done well. I think. That good. And Rob, we've got Benteke, Dembele, Parker. Uh, I'd play Dembele and I'd bench Benton Kerr and raise Parker, sadly. So I love his attitude, Parker, but he's not in he's not in their league, I don't think. I'd, I agree. I loved really? Scott I'd love Scott Parker, honestly. He's yeah. one, again, he's probably my type of player. Old fashioned, you know, shirt tucked in, black boots, like, you know, give your all, but ability wise. Dembello's another level, but Bentacle's much, much better player. But he was, he was an underrated Parker, though, for what he could do. Because you look at his career, he's a box-to-box goal-scoring midfielder, a sitting midfielder. You know, he could he could do all of it, but just not on the level of the other two, I don't think. Didn't score for us, did he? I can't remember him scoring for no, us. I remember him missing this, he going clean through against Arsenal and missing. Missed a sitter, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Right then, Jack. Uh, Aaron Lennon, Lucas Moura or Kudaseski? Well, that's a good one. That's a that's a good one. Um, they're all sort of flawed, and Kulusevski's early, right? I'd I'd 
despite my logic about Romero's not had enough time, I'd start Kulusevski. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> absolutely loved Aaron Lennon. Like, and again, I thought oh, he was another. I thought he was another underrated player. No, he'd, I'd bench him, and oh, yeah. I'd, I'd get rid of Mora. Um, Mora obviously give us that brilliant Amsterdam night, but um, I don't know if I'm coming at this from more of a nostalgic point of view. But I just Aaron Lennon's just like the good times of watching Spurs, even though it wasn't good. Do you know what I mean? It was, we were probably terrible. Um, but I just found him quite an entertaining old-fashioned winger. Got the ball, he'd always go down the line and cut it back. He knew what he was going to do, but it was it was entertaining. So same for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think Moore has been one of my disappointments the last three or four seasons, despite Amsterdam, that you know sent me into tears and uh, collapsed. Um, uh, he's I was so excited when we signed him. I thought he was going to be you know a real game changer, and he's under he's under delivered. So he's out for me. Right. I mean, obviously he had Amsterdam. Didn't he score away at Old Trafford? Was it? He yeah, came he off the to. bench. Came yeah. off the bench, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Not, not enough. No, 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 not enough. Doesn't change the game enough. Final one, uh, and I know I want this to go to Jack as well. I'm sorry, Robin, uh, because it's Kyle Walker, Vedran uh, Choluk, or Stephen Carr. I love it. You chat Steve Carr in for me. Um, it's. It, I mean, it's Walker starting every single day. I'd probably go that order. I'd probably. Start Walker, bench Corluca, and get rid of Steve Carr. Although it's still the greatest guy I've ever seen. Um, Walker <laughs> is miles, miles, miles ahead of those two, though. Yeah. You haven't bitten on any of the people I've put in. My little dangling, my Keens in there. You thought I was uh, going to have Keen, Parker. Car- It'd be a shocking it. side, but they'd be really committed, all of them. That's it. That's it. Right. That's way better than. Rodan or Maldini. Love Rodan or Maldini. <laughs> uh, that's it. Palace in three days. Uh, score predictions? I mean, who knows? 2-1. Win. 1-0 victory. Nil. We're not going to concede. That has been annoying me. It's all these stats for like Spurs haven't uh, had a clean sheet since October. Yeah, because we were off for all in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it'll be 2-1. And I think we'll go one and up as well. I think they'll be more on the front foot than we're expecting, which will play into our hands. I'll ask you both for a prediction. Is Con- Where are we? So we're f- January the 1st. Uh, when does the season end? End of May. May. Yeah. May. Is Conti going to survive? I would bet. I, I'm looking around things to bet. I've only got a um, yeah. I will bet you that he is. He is there to the end. out his contract. Yeah, they're no, never going to no fire me. him. They're never going to fire him. Mutual consent. He'll yeah. be gone. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. But he's not going to do that. So why would he let a paycheck go? Well, they'll still give him a paycheck behind the scenes, but it'll be mutual consent, so it doesn't let his ego if he's been sacked. I think if they lose if they lose two of the next four games, he'll go. I, I mean, that fixture list, I can see us losing a lot of games. I think, I think if we lost to Palace and Portsmouth, he'd be gone. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I will get so angry if we lose to Portsmouth. Oh, you know how much I love the. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking all my, I'm taking my wife and my kids to that game. She's thrilled. <laughs> I, I hate going out of the cup at this stage to that sort of yeah. team. Um, at home. At home. 
I bought a new TV for that semi. Was it the semi-final where we got lost to that Kevin Prince Boateng penalty? Oh, I brought oh, a new yeah. TV. I remember exactly where I was living, where I was sitting. That broke my heart. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's well, the hope that kills you. It is, uh, well, it's just Spurs has ruined my year. We're not even a day into the year and they've ruined it already. <laughs> the only way's up from here, though. Ne- yeah. then, but ne- next time we all get together, it'll be uh, with a 1 3 and it'll be positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, it's a pleasure. Hat trick for all next time. So we're looking forward to that. And Thank Jack, you for good to have me. you back, mate. I'll uh, see you both very soon. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's silly white. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.